What's going on, race fans the internet? Welcome back to the Talking Dirt Podcast here as we finally bring you guys a new episode here Sunday, July 9th as we're recording this one. And uh, I know it's been a while, but man, we've we've been pretty daggum busy. I, we'll get into that in all, all uh, in just a minute. But uh, first off, I'm not alone tonight. Of course, I'm Ryan Williams, but joining me once again, Big Papa is back, maybe fresh off the family vacay which is why we didn't get an episode done last week. He's back this week, though. How about it? Matt Pridgen back on the show. Matt, good to be back here with you, man. I know uh, I know that family vacation was uh, much needed. So uh, how are you? How, how's the body feeling after a week of rest, man? Uh, it's a little burnt, a little red, a little pink. You know, I don't doubt it. Got, you know, got the aloe, aloe vera on it. So we we, we trying to get back, uh, back right before we get back to work tomorrow. Absolutely. And of course, I mean, man, I will say though, y'all picked probably the busiest week of the year to go to the beach, but I mean, overall it's probably, it's probably a good week down there. Though, uh, some familiar faces were down there that y'all run into, but overall family, it's nice to have family vacation every now and then, which of course my fiance and I can no longer take because we have three dogs that take up all of our time. Uh, but a vacation would be nice. But uh, now it's time to get back to work on that race car, huh? Yeah, honestly, I forgot where I was at with it. Um, I know, <laughs> I know, I was in the middle of getting it back together. Uh-huh. Uh, I will be honest. It's Sunday. We got back home yesterday morning. Um, I haven't been out in the shop yet, so uh, I do plan on getting out there tomorrow after I get. Uh, my first gym session back in, you know, right. cause that's, that's going to be, that's going to be fun. First gym session session after vacation is always fun, you know? Well, yeah. And you, you you've, uh, you've been hard on the gym back. What the past, how long has it been now? About five, four, five months, six months. How long have you been back in the gym, man? Mm, or has it been longer than that? It may have been longer than that. I don't know. I, Ever since time's been flying by, ever since I broke my foot and got <laughs> healed right. up, honestly, man, it's all all kind of mushed together. So I'll probably I've been in and out, you know, probably the last four months, uh-huh. maybe. Uh, but you know, I got going there for a little while, but then vacation came around and slowed me down. But we well. we gonna get back on the grind here. We uh we gonna get to that hundred pound mark, uh, yeah, hopefully shortly. Up. Dude, that's that's freaking awesome, man. I'm I'm starting my my journey similarly right now. Uh, we just got back into a gym. Work went and worked out for the the first time in I don't know since high school. So probably how long have I been out of high school now? I'm 24. So what six years? Somewhere around there. First time in a, like five or six years actually in a gym, and I made a very bad mistake. Now with my with my job, I mean I'm lifting heavy stuff all day long. I'm doing like i mean i'm decently strong but workout weights and and like lifting boxes of with weight in it are two completely different things and i figured that out real fast i'm over here i mean i could i could lift these i'm doing shoulder presses with way too much weight on them first time back and i ain't gonna lie to you man when i woke up the next morning boy was i sore oh my gosh i'm still it has been two days and i am still pretty doggone sore man like the muscles that run from your shoulders down to your pecs are just on fire when I go to move my arms. I don't know what's uh, what's going on right now, but I think I I hope that we're gonna be all right. I I kind of sort of iced them down. I went and sat in the hot tub for a while, 
and hopefully I'll be ready to get back at it tomorrow night and continue on my journey. But I'm uh, I'm starting starting out. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say do do lighter, yeah, lighter yeah. weight, more maybe more reps. Well, um, <laughs> the thing is, I went know, back in. I went back in. You're gonna get to do. you're gonna get that pain for the first yeah. like week or two. Because like I know exactly what you're talking about. Because that's that's one thing I'm not looking forward to about tomorrow. Because I right. know that's what's gonna happen. Is I, I'm gonna go in there and lift, and then I'm, I'm gonna get that short pain. But after the first couple weeks, man, it, it honestly it, it quits doing that really. Well, but. And the thing is, like I I went in like day one working out like I did whenever I was uh, yep. junior in high school. Do it. Whenever whenever <laughs> I was you know in peak form playing football and all that all that bull crap yeah i tried to do the exact same workouts as i used to do then the exact same weights and i mean i got them up yeah i got them up but it's the first time i've done that in five six years and it was a horrible idea and i'm i'm kind of uh reaping the 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 opposite of the benefit of that right now and uh but we'll get back at it tomorrow and at, like as ashamed as i am to say it i'm, I'm starting this journey at what around 240 I'm around 240 right now. I'm trying to get down to under 200 for my wedding next year, um, which I'm I'm excited to to have you in, of course, and and a bunch of other people. Um, of course, uh, we get married some sometime next year. I can't really say that, and I know you had some cool stuff going on in your personal life too that in, that involves that kind of stuff. Not you though. We, we will make no, that clear, no, but I'm no, not no. gonna I'm not gonna let you not make yet. the other part public. Yeah, not yet. There you go. But yeah, I'm trying to get down to I got at a least. Race car. You got a race car. Y'all, y'all have been happily in a relationship for what? How long you had that car? Four years now. So no, I had that thing. I, I bought it late 2019. Yeah, but I didn't race it till 2020. Yeah, so uh, coming uh, up on four years. Not, not quite five years. Happily, happily in a relationship with uh, the P14 there. You know, I keep thinking about how old it is now, but you know, you think about it when I when I bought it, it was it one but five years old. That was still a pretty new car right. back then. Yeah, it was, and I mean, you still got low races on it given the year. I, I mean, think you don't I've put race it that much. The, the most, the most amount of nights on that car that out of anybody that's had it, which you know, you go back to saying, you know, John Blankenship drove yeah. it uh, for Double Down Motorsports back in 2014 in the Lucas uh, with it. You know, you obviously have multiple cars, but they use yeah. that car and they finished uh, seventh in points that year uh-huh. or that year. Um, then. What what's the guy's name? Ryan Atkins or something like that. Sure. Uh, drove race. He he still races now. He's number nine. Uh, I can't remember where he races at. And then you know, Tony bought it, and we bought it from Tony. But like I said, I think we put the mo- most amount of nights on it out of any of those people. Yeah, mo- most likely. But I mean, the car's still holding strong. It just it's pretty much a, oh, a man, fresh it's, car, man. It's better than ever this yeah, year, man. Exactly. I I have no complaints. I. You know, it, it's it's a little snug at some points, uh-huh. but you know, the last race at Lakeview, we got it where it was a little bit too loose. So I mean, we're we're headed in the right direction with it, I Absolutely. think. But just find adjustments from here on, you know. Absolutely, man, and I, I'm I'm excited to see you get back at it. Of course, you're gonna be taking a little time off to you know regroup after that bit of bad luck in the Blue Ridge races, and uh, Blue Ridge did run. Uh, once this past week that we'll talk about, but I mean, other than that, other life updates, man. We got a we got a new puppy, so that makes our family yeah. a family of three it, now. It was, that was a shock to me, man. Was it was a shock, a shock to, to a lot of people. <laughs> well, a family of five, family of three children, three quote air quotes uh, fur children, 
yeah, that was a shock to a lot of people. Um, let's see, uh, not throw anybody under the bus, but uh, I woke up and I was told we're going to get a dog. And we went and got another dog, and she is a beautiful little chocolate lab, uh, Miss June. Uh, quite the handful. Uh, so far, she had a few bad days, a few really bad days, and then some decent ones mixed in there. She's she's getting better and better. But hey, you're gonna have those, happens. Man. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, but y'all aren't really your your immediate family. Y'all aren't really dog people, though, are you? Really? Me, yes. Yeah, um, you are. Okay. My family, no. Oh, really? So if it, if it I mean, we're you, dog, dog people. We around. just don't have dogs. Sure. Okay. But I mean, if, if my it was sister you, does, then I, I love I love uh, my my uh, fur niece and fur nephew <laughs> whenever they come around. <laughs> your nephew and your niece. I got you. It's a dog nephew and a dog niece. Oh man! But yeah, we got the puppy. Um, Lots of other stuff's been happening, man. We did race it once at Sumter, uh, between time and in between time um, of the last podcast, and that was a really good night. Uh, that was the the Fourth of July show that we had there, and of course, I want to say you might have already been out of town for that one uh, a couple of weeks ago, but would love to have you there. But still, you know, thirteen, fourteen late models show up, man. We, I know we we talked about uh, we personally we talked a little bit about like the pay situation or whatever, and. Uh, right it, it does look like that's gotten a lot better um so i will i will make that public that you know dr- drivers are making it, it, there's decent purses right now um of course you can't pay in every class you can't pay a thousand dollars to win the, you'll never make any money that way but you you find your your happy mediums and uh you continue on and of course you know uh, especially talking about my local track here at sumter we got a bunch of Big money races for pretty pretty much all classes this year. You know, you got your big street stock races, a really big Thunder Bomber race coming up. I know we got some uh, some six hundred two races trying to get a six hundred four race um, for next year, most likely. Um, and then the big super late model races, man. There's, there's a lot of racing to love right now. And uh, I mean, even even for you uh, racing the six hundred four stuff, there's still even though we're getting to that you know latter part of the season, there's still a lot of money to be had. There's still a lot of overall purse money to be had uh, with the 604 stuff. I know, um, what is it, the MIDI series that you were racing last year? They got a bunch of big money races left. I mean, oh, yeah. as, as far now I will say that this year more than ever, it is a lot tougher financially to run a dirt track. Um, and it's just progressively getting tougher and tougher. With the cost of, you know, pretty much everything from upkeep to concession stand goods to, dude, our, the prices of wristbands are going up. Everything's going up, man. And it's it's getting it's getting to a point where um, either the production, the producers of all these products are going to have to draw a line in the sand or, you know, it's just something's got to happen to make it a little bit easier on us as well as the racer and the race fan i mean racers go through it just as much as we do so you and i here we can provide both sides of this argument because i'm you know with with helping with with them running the track and all we're we're seeing it it i'm sorry but the argument goes like i i see what you're saying but what I'm saying is and then you're saying i'm seeing what you're saying but what i'm saying you know so i mean it, it, it's 
We both, I, I we both understand. You, we both understand right, we, both we sides. We understand, but we can't, you know. See, see, my argument is, my argument since we've started this discussion privately, and we'll make it a little bit public, but I'm, I don't want to spill all the, all the beans, you know. But, I mean, yeah. obviously, you're saying that the racers need to be making more money. Well, my vantage point is, in order for that uh, to happen, the I, race- I'm not going to say I'm not going to say they need to make more money. I'm saying get as much to the racer as you as can possible, which we usually try and do. Um, I know some people may scoff at that, but I mean it's true. It is harder to make money right now in racing, whether you're on the promoter side or the racer side, than it has ever been. And it's in large part to these big corporations that are coming in and basically price gouging us and you guys. I mean, from everything from the the price of fuel has gone up, the price of tires have gone up, the price of miscellaneous parts have gone up, the motor prices have skyrocketed, man. And we, you and I have been talking about this on this podcast now for two years and it has, it's leveled out ever so slightly, but it's still gradually increasing. Is it not? I mean, you know, the, the, the cost for things, uh, you know, they kind of, they've, they've been the same now for a little while. Uh, I haven't really yeah, seen for any a little while. price, much price differences. Uh, I'm kind of wondering when the prices are going to start back going down. That, that mm. would be so nice to see. Well, that's I, up to the great. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm glad it's not going any higher, but I right. wish it would start back going back to where it used to be. You okay, know? so, Which so I, you're I telling me they, they have kind of leveled it, it out. It can't, man. but it'd be nice. So, so you're telling me that they have kind of you know leveled back out. They're not going back down, but that incline yeah, that we they, were seeing they, isn't they, as high anymore. They kind of plateau. They kind of plateaued. Okay. Well, that's yeah. that's a good sign at least, but. Given you know the current economic system or yeah, that we're in right now, that quite frankly isn't working very well. Uh, I will say that we don't get political here on this podcast, but the economics of the United States right now are probably the worst that they have been since the 2008 recession. Um, and uh, given inflation rates that are rising and other things like that, it's not getting any better anytime soon. Which I was even looking at it, man. Uh, my the, the place. My place of work is in a bit of a situation right now that um, I can't really discuss it on the podcast. I don't think. I mean, I might can, just don't know that I can. But yeah, there's a. I've heard a lot. I've heard a few things about it. There's a big debate. I mean, the public stuff, obviously, that's common knowledge is that um, the two sides are still trying to meet. They got until July 31st to make a deal happen on the new contract. Um, I can't give which side of that I'm on, but it's probably blatantly obvious which side I'm going to be on. Um, so yeah, that's really all I can say about that. But the big thing there is, is that, um, what, what, uh, one side is fighting for obviously is, you know, pay that is adjusted for the, the amount of inflation that we've seen here, um, in, in this year, which leading back to racing, um, I mean, that's, it's hurt us there too, because we're kind of fighting to, kind of adjust everything like payouts and such and go get those a little bit higher because of the, the cost of racing and whatnot due to the inflation and all, you know? So there's a lot of, uh, there's just too many things that go into it to really talk, uh, to really, you know, come up with a solution right now, which in not just us, every track in the Carolinas is facing this man, every single one. Now I will say though, if we had, you know, 
two to three, we'll say four to five, four to five, you know, big money sponsors that would come in and help us out. Everything would be so much easier, but you really can't ask for that in, in this economy right now. You really can't. I mean, some tracks are able to find it, but 90% of them are not. It's just point blank simple, you know? So, I mean, there's really, there's no way around it right now, but I will tell you that we are trying our absolute best to make everything as fair as possible. I will say that. And which leads me kind of to my next topic that you and I also talked about a little bit is, um, you know, the possibility of, you know, growing that the purses and overall uh, economic influx on the, the racing, um, the racing world around here, especially with, uh, you know, like some of these tracks around here, we really need to get together and, you know, partner with one of these uh, companies to broadcast some racing around the Carolinas. Cause really it doesn't happen. I mean, you got, Let's see, Fayetteville, if you look at Fayetteville, they do their own in-house broadcasting, you know. Um, I think it's FayettevilleMotorspeedway.tv or something like that. Um, I'm not sure if you ever, but I mean, they do they do a pay-per-view service. And I'm sure, I know their purses are pretty doggone good. And they make a decent chunk, that I'm, I'm not going to say they do, but seemingly they would make a decent chunk off of the, you know, the pay-per-views as well. Now, not to say that's something that I want to do with Sumter. I know I I don't, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do right now. I can't really spill the beans on that, but there are things in the works to like kind of try and help the economy around there to be able to pay you guys more to race or to, to be able to do a lot of things really, man. We got some really cool stuff going on and, um, I know there's, there's a lot of hate on the internet right now. There, there really is for, for the stuff that I'm having to do, but it's for a good cause. You guys have to realize that. Um, and it's to make everything better in the long run. Sumter Speedway is going to be around for a long, long time. Um, as long as I'm involved with it, I'm going to do my best to stick it around, you know? So we're really, really on the verge of doing some really cool stuff. And, um, you know what, you know, man, you know how it is. People are going to complain about everything. People, if you get too close to a certain driver, they're going to complain, you know? And it's the same way when you run the racetrack, everybody's going to try and complain about something. Y'all just stick with us. And, uh, we're definitely gonna gonna blow your minds here in the future, but uh, man, we'll talk about some uh, less uh, less impactful things here on the program tonight. <laughs> talking about scoring loops, we can talk about scoring loops too. Oh man, you just keep feeding me ideas, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> now I don't know. Have you have you seen what happened? Now we're talking about um, Saturday night, the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. They were at uh, Deer Creek Speedway up in Minnesota, I believe it is. And there was a photo finish, probably the closest finish. Matt, would you say that might be the closest finish that you've ever seen? Like right at the line. I know, I know some NASCAR stuff has been, you know, 0.001, but as far as dirt racing goes, that might be the closest I've ever seen. I don't know. Have you, have you seen it? Have you watched it yet? The, the one, one race that comes to mind is the steel block bandit race that happened last year. I think it was, with Willie Milliken and somebody else, I mm. think I can't remember. Well, there, it, it was a close photo finish. I didn't see it, but I also didn't see this one. Well, what was but the judging one? from the wasn't photos? It, it was between, very close. What there one at uh, Florence Speedway between like Josh Rice and somebody else too? A couple of years yeah, ago, yeah, I think there, so. There yeah. was that one too that was, that was almost just as close. But I mean, this dude was. But this one insane. was insane. Yeah, that was. This was that was his, some, some hard racing there. Now I didn't watch it live, but uh, but like I said, I I've seen the pictures. I'm looking at one right now, and it's 
Man, that's that's, that's as close that's as pretty, it gets. You can't get you can't get much closer than that. Now, here's the 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 scoop on that though is. When it comes to dirt tracks, uh, might be shed a little knowledge you don't know yet. The the flag stand is not always going to be your quote unquote start finish line. Okay, the start finish line is wherever your transponder loop is buried. If you're still using a um, an under, if you are using an underground scoring system or above ground score. I don't know if there are any above ground scoring systems. All I know are the underground right. ones because that's what we use. Now, if you're still, you know, hand scoring races, wherever you determine that line is, usually the flag stand, that's the line, whatever. But, um, yeah, wherever your transponder loop is, there's a, it's basically um, like a, it's basically a wire that runs a couple of feet underground from one side of the track to the other. Now, when the car's, Run over that. The transponders that are on, uh, in some cases, the left front of the car, in some cases, the right rear of the car, they have, it's basically a computer system that pings on that wire, and that sends the electricity, or the, yeah, runs the electricity to the box that's usually on the other side of the wall that then computer science is its way into scoring your car. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt, was that, was that kind of the transponders for dummies uh, approach to it, Matt? I think that that was as transponders for dummies as got I could have got there, and it, and it's pretty simple. That's the way I like things. So hit the head on the nail. <laughs> the head on the nail. Oh man. Um, but anywho, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at here is where that loop is. That is your start finish line at this specific speedway. It was about a foot and a quarter, give or take in front of the flag stand if you're coming down the front straightaway. Now, vice versa, at Sumter Speedway, it is about a foot past the flag stand as you're coming down, which is another reason that I always tell our drivers, on your qualifying laps, do not let out at the flag stand. Keep going down into turn one and two. Yes, okay. So now you, I I thought I already told you that, but maybe I didn't. No. So, what happened? Right. What happened? I need to you? cut this out. Shh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> don't tell nobody else but you. <laughs> most people, most people have picked up on it by now. Um, now, I, I personally, until we figured out exactly where it was, I thought it was a little bit. Cl- I thought it was on the other side of the flag stand, but it's not. It's actually about a foot past it at Sumter, uh, which is nice to know. But so what happened was uh, Bobby Pierce threw a hell of a slide job. Oh my god. Heck of a slide job with one lap to go. Uh, Hudson O'Neill was leading the race. He was able to get back by him. They took the white flag and through three and four, Bobby threw one of these, you, you know, those iRacing sliders where you just kind of hang the car out. And then at the very last second, mm-hmm. you put it right in front of the guy's nose. Like yep. if you're on the last lap, you're really trying to win this race. You just hang it out and then kind of slide up there. Well, that's what he did, and Hudson was able to get back up underneath him, and by the time they got down to turn one, he was going to have him clear. He got back down underneath him, and they were neck and neck, and by the time they got to the stand, O'Neal had the nose on him. But they had already crossed that scoring loop, and when they did, Pierce was still two what? Let's say I want to say it was, what, two one-thousandths of a second in front, so about a, a literally just an inch of that nose piece out in front of Hudson O'Neill. Literally as close as it gets yep. at the scoring loop. So they, they replayed it for a while. And the big, the big hoopla on social media was that was men in this situation. They need to go back and, and look at it, look at the pictures and determine that Hudson was the winner. That's that's I'm sorry. No, All right. Look, no, 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 no. You can't every, do that. 
everybody knows I am a diehard Rocket person. So uh, as much as it pains me to say it, that is such that that's why we have transponders. Exactly. So you don't have to rely on pictures. So you don't have to make judgment. a judgment call. I, I'm sorry. We don't have a physical start and finish line. So we, nope. all we have to go off of is well, that scoring loop. That's another and, thing. And, why? That's just, I mean, it, everybody has has the same scoring loop. So, I mean, yep. you know where, it, you know, some people may know where it's at. Some people may not. I didn't know where it was at. That might be what's killing me. I'm not qualified. <laughs> well, the, the, and the thing <laughs> well, is, people, we'll people will say, you know, why why won't they make a start-finish line? Why won't they draw one? Well, uh, the simple look, the simple thing is you won't be able to look, draw one that'll last. I mean, if you make a little here, mark here's on the wall, the thing. sure. Back but... in the early 2010s at, at Lakeview, I remember when I was racing there, they would always draw a chalk line. They yeah. would take a bag of chalk. They'd draw it from the inside wall to the outside wall. by the second wall. race. By the second lap, that sucker was already exactly. gone. So you draw a line on that track, and it is going to be gone. Exactly. This ain't asphalt racing, baby. We can't do that. We can't. It, it it disappears. That track changes a hundred times over. Speaking of track changes, dude, this I'll, I you and I need to take a couple of weeks off in the summer and just go race chasing, man. Through uh, like Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, like places up there. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it uh, the next. Uh, we should do it in this next month while I'm off. These tracks. I, I'm not racing. I, I ain't never seen nothing like this, bro. These tracks are spectacular. They change. They change tremendously. Oh yeah. They started this race and it was it was right around the bottom. Then about ten laps later, the top comes in. Then about five laps later, the middle comes in, and then the the top starts to wash out. Well, you get to about That's five them races. Laps to you go. got to be uh, you got to know your agriculture there. Dang right, boy. About <laughs> f- about fifteen laps to go. I, I said five, but I meant like fifteen laps to go. The top came back in. Like, dude, this track was absolutely phenomenal, and, you know, I wish that we had the dirt compound down here to do it. We just don't. But the top side did work at Gaffney a couple nights, or, yeah, a couple nights ago. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, this was a phenomenal race on uh, on Saturday night between, uh, man, it was Chris Madden leading early, Jonathan Davenport challenging him. You know, Tim McCready was up there, the best of the best, dude, the absolute best. Uh, Brandon Overton had a good run for the first time this year. I feel like, um, hopefully, hopefully 76 will be back on his feet. And how about, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, Brandon Shepard driving the, uh, the, uh, the Rumley number six car or number five car. Actually they changed it to a B five. The Rumley car was on point Saturday night, buddy. Let me tell you that he, he started, oh, I want to say somewhere around 10th or so. Somewhere around 10th, Brandon Shepard driving the Rumley car started. He got all the way up to third uh, before it was all said and done. He was moving, man. And uh, I think they they did some, uh, what I heard was they did some changes or whatever. It needed somebody to test it out. And, of course, Larson is uh, racing right now. With, where are they at? Atlanta, maybe, NASCAR? I don't know. Somewhere around there. But, anywho, Shepard driving that car. Old RTJ, man, the hottest dirt driver in the country. Um, he started at the back of the pack. He worked his way up into the top 10 before pulling off, wrecking the car. I believe he, he was one of them guys that got up in there in that wall. Now this track, Matt, I don't know if you have seen it before, but this track, they were at the Deer Creek track. It looks like it races a lot. Like we race Cedar Lake on I racing. You get up there in turns one and two and you hit that wall and you will like float over it. That's what it looked mm-hmm. like they were doing. 
Because I'm telling you, these guys were going up there and it looked like they had cut like half of the rear quarter panels off the car to be able to run that wall. They were so on top of it. It was absolutely ridiculous, but a uh, really good track. I'd love to take a, you know, a summer vacation up there and chase some of these Lucas Oil World of Outlaw races up that way. But, um, I mean, do you have any opinion on, on this whole start finish deal? I know I pretty much voiced my entire opinion, but I mean, other, I, other I, than, I, other than the line is law, you know, you know, I pretty much, I feel like I got my opinion out. You know, I hate it for Hudson because like I said, I, I I'm, Rocket man all the way. So I mean, Josh it sucks because it is that means the Longhorn got one over on a rocket. But yeah, yeah. it is it what did, it huh? is. No, no, no. Bobby Pierce is not. In, is he in a Longhorn? Bobby Pierce is in a Longhorn. Really? He started the season off in one at least. Oh, I didn't know. That. Well, I knew he drove. Um, his dad was building Bob Pierce was building the Pierce Platinum cars forever and he stopped doing that. So I didn't know what I thought Bobby had gone to a rocket, yeah. but nah, must have Bob, been Bobby's in a long horn, horn, I think. Oh, that's I, or at least he started the season out. Right. I, I remember seeing some because he's got like a I think his chassis powder coated purple or something like that. Yeah, that is I remember seeing that. That's very interesting, man. Yeah, Bobby Pierce Bobby Pierce a guy that's kind of controversial in the racing community as well. I like him. <laughs> I I, yeah, I like his style, man. I mean, he's a little rough around the edges. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. overall, I like. But his who style. ain't? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> who ain't from I'm, time to time? A lot of these younger guys coming up are, you know. Um, and I mean, uh, I will say though, you know, the cleanest of the bunch besides Hudson Devon Moran's a darn clean driver. He won't get a get up there and rough you up at all, pretty much. I mean, who was it? I think it was Hudson and RTJ got into it. Thursday night and RTJ got disqualified. Um, and I, I mean, it, but it, it happens, man. You look around so I, hard, let pretty let much anywhere, it happens. Uh, who do you, out of uh, all the like Lucas Oil, World of Outlaws, Ultimates, uh, sure. Clash, all that, you know, Southern All Stars, whatever, who, who do you think, who do you think the cleanest late model driver, dirt late model driver is? Right now, who do you think has has oh, like Lord. the least? So has the least amount of uh, people that dislike him. Tim McCready. I was thinking the same exact <laughs> thing. I was like, uh, man, I, Tim McCready never. No one you really ever hear a bad word about T-Mac. To say about him. You don't hear a bad word about T Mac. You don't hear. You hear you a few hardly bad ever words see about Rick. That's another yeah, thing true. I thought about. Well, the, I mean, the the easy names that come to mind there, obviously, uh, Tim McCready. Um, we'll put Davenport in there. I mean, he's Davenport had a few, gets into it from time he's, to time. He's had now. a few scuffles. Um, you got to put Mike Marler in there because Mike Marler, you don't hear much about him. Jimmy Owens, of course, Owens had he's had his past too. He's he's done his fair share of uh, Chris uh, Madden. Sure. Chris, <laughs> Chris Madden's still getting into some kerfuffles <laughs> out there. Let me tell you. Um, I mean, the, it's it's uh, a short list, but a good list. Um, I'd like a guy that I just named Devin Moran, super clean driver, yeah. super clean. I mean, a lot of guys that that race, you know, locally with Ultimates and stuff too. Zach Mitchell's a super clean driver. Ben Ben Watkins has had his fair share of run-ins there. Ross Bales is usually pretty clean. Ross, Ross is a, he's a nice, soft-spoken guy. He's usually pretty clean. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys that you know don't come to mind. Now the guys that do come to mind are the guys that you know wreck them up every now and then, which. Um, I ain't trying to start no drama. That that's a that's a pretty big list there, though. Um, yeah, that's a another one that that doesn't. I I don't think Carson bends his cars up or nothing too, too often. 
now he doesn't have the 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 flashy results that you know you know all these other drivers have. Well, but, I mean, Chris you know, Ferguson comes to mind yeah, too. He, Chris don't Chris don't really uh, wreck anything. Uh, he did tear it up last year at the Million. Yeah, he, he was, he was, that boy, he was trying to win, boy. He, he was but like what I'm saying is he like that, that he thing. doesn't he doesn't get caught up in wrecks. You right. know, he doesn't. You know, you know from what I see. Right. Nah, he's but, he's a good driver and um. There's a bunch of good drivers. Yeah, Tim McCready was the first one that came to mind. That's always the first name that comes to mind. When you think of just, you know, smooth, calm, and collected, you think of Tim McCready um, at all times, usually. The two-time reigning and defending Lucas Oil champion. Don't quite think he'll get there this year, though. They got a really a really good points battle between, I want to say, who's it? Hudson O'Neill, Devin Moran's up there. Um, of course, RTJ. RTJ's the points leader right now. Um, some really cool stuff, man, going and on. Where did he come from this year, man? Who? He has been absolutely RTJ. Well, he, I still he, don't he like him, hot. but I mean, he's doing you don't like good. him. I uh, he's come off as a bit cocky to me in the past. Well, it, again, we I think I said it on the last episode or the episode before, but I that that whole situation where where he used the word I didn't like. Oh yeah, and, he uh, did do that at uh, Gateway. And, and you know, different people you know have yeah, different opinions. That's right. just how I feel about it. So you're right. I, yeah, I don't use... I don't like it, and, and that's just that's just how I feel. You know, he it did, is what it is. I, I'm sure he's he, he's felt guilty about it, and he's paid for it. But probably, you know, I just well, I don't care for that. Where do we go from there? Oh Lord, RTJ say it's a bad set. Yeah, I do remember that at Gateway. Um, but which was interesting. Yes, he has hey. been absolutely lights out this year. He, he is, has. He's killing it. He's been really good. Speaking of, have you seen? Um, first off, if you're uh, no free shoutouts, but if you're uh, subscribed to Flow or Dirt on Dirt, have you watched any of these documentary series that they've done? Of course, they did uh, Jonathan Davenport not too long ago, and then. Uh, yes. They came out with the Dirt series that featured a bunch of uh, uh, midget and sprint car drivers like Kyle Larson and um, Justin Grant was featured in it, um, which a guy that I really wasn't familiar with until I watched some of this and seems like a pretty cool cat. Um, one of the California boys, though, so not really my style, but uh, but still yeah. seemed like a pretty cool cat. But yeah, some of these series, man, th- Flow is doing amazing since really taking over the Dirt scene. I mean... You think about it, four or five years ago, there was no flow racing. And since, yeah. you know, they partnered with Tony Truitt and the the sprint cars and uh, brought in a bunch of other stuff. Like and, and it's Soul. crazy. You see flow racing and stuff like that coming in, and then you start seeing the money come in. Because, I mean, how often did you see a 50000 100000 you know, a million-dollar race come around in the dirt racing world before all this stuff comes about, you know? Well, Flow pops up, and then XR pops up, and then World of Outlaws and uh, Dirt Vision. Now, how many hundred thousand to win races do you have? A ton. A, a year. A ton. You got, like, what, 10? Yeah. Yeah, at least. At least 10. You got a ton of them, dude. Uh, spread out from, of course, Eldora uh, to Knoxville to, um, let's see, they moved the, the championship back to Eldora, or to Eldora this year from Portsmouth. So you take Portsmouth off that list. Um, and there, there was plenty others, man, um, that just aren't coming to my head right now because I'm a big old dumb dumb and can't think of it for some reason, but yeah, there's, there's a ton of them and it's great to see the money coming into the sport, but I wish that there was a little bit more money. Like I said earlier, coming into the local tracks because we could really use it, um, <laughs> to continue to, to make our local tracks. I'm, I'm not just talking about something here. I'm talking about every track in the state of South Carolina, man. We all need 
that uh, that good old TLC to really you know make our facilities what they could be. And uh, like I said earlier this year, I hated it for uh, for uh, Cherokee losing those you know Lucas Oil and World of Outlaw dates because that's really probably going to hurt them a little bit. Um, now, luckily, they do have they have ends with other people, and they're having ultimate races, clash races, um, in the Mid East series. They kicked off their entire series on Friday night. Uh, I think twenty three, twenty four cars signed in for that one. The first ever Mid East Super Late Model race. Uh, you had some big names at Gaffney, of course. Your your Ben Watkins, your uh, Michael Browns. Let's see, Ferguson was up there. Um, quite a few others were up there, too, chasing $10,000 to win. Uh, Zach Mitchell led the race to green. But ultimately, Matt, where do you know who won the pony? How about a little head knocker, Trent Ivy, a guy who has been on Talking Dirt before. Um, he did a Talking Dirt interview back in 2020 and at, uh, at Lawrence one night, I believe, if I think back far enough. Uh, Trent did one of them. The first time I had ever even heard of Trent Ivy was whenever I was, uh, whenever I was up there at Lawrence because – uh, up until that point, my my whole uh, stratosphere for dirt racing was pretty much centered around Sumter. But uh, I met him up there and did an interview with him. Really, really cool fella. Um, trying to get him down to Sumter for that big 10000 to win ultimate race uh, next month at Sumter. Um, but congratulations to him for uh, leading, I think, I want to say he led the last like 20 laps of that race um, on Friday yeah. night. Which yeah, and- was phenomenal. Hey. He's another one of those um, those real life drivers that plays our racing too. That's oh yeah, you know, I've true. had a couple, couple conversations with him on that. I had a couple so, of wrecks with him. You know, glad 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 to see him. You know, succeeding in uh, in late model racing in real life. Yeah, he's a menace on our racing though. Golly, he's a menace. But a lot of them boys are. A lot of them boys. It lets his nickname show on our race. Uh, he'd, he'd knock your head around. He's he's a little rough every now and then, but he races. He's he's good. <laughs> nah, he's he's all right. But, he's uh, good. But yeah, and, and, good and cool get in front see, of him. Cool to see middies, you know, spreading their wings out and going to going to right. uh, yeah. doing some super racing. I, Absolutely, I think that's another, pretty cool. It's it's Other, up and uh, coming. It for sure here. is. It, it for sure is up and coming. I think they're going to do a lot of stuff and. Hopefully we get him at Sumter. Hopefully, um, we're trying to do a lot of things, man. I, I know I keep I keep coming back to Sumter because that's obviously the track that I help run and uh, do a lot of a lot of stuff for there and working on some big stuff. But yeah, I, I hope to see that series uh, really branch out here in the Carolinas and uh, other big late model series going on. I know um, our boy Michael Rouse got him another win at CLR this past yeah, weekend. He's, he's dominant there, yeah. son. Oh my. Gosh, is he dominant there? That's um, his track. <laughs> you dang right it is. He's he's the he's the Justin Mintz of uh, CLR right now. I'll tell you that for sure. Because uh, how about this? Justin come out. He dominated at Sumter um, last time we raced, which was two weekends ago. Um, of course, he, he dominated. Uh, I think Marlowe finished second. Which that was a good battle there for, or what could have been a good battle there for a minute until Justin, you know, just. Left the ballpark. He he was a straightaway and a half ahead. I don't I don't know what's in that car, but I want to check it just to see. That sucker <laughs> is fast. Um, anywho, put up money. I'm sure you can look. Well, <laughs> the bounty talk has started. We'll see where it goes. Um, Marlowe was quick that night, and there was a bunch of other guys that come in from from up your way. I know David Baker was back, and a few other cars as well. Um, there was an, uh, the O three car. I think he's from around that way as well, but we had a really, really good night on, uh, a couple weeks ago at Sumter and running it back, 
this Saturday. Y'all check us out. Mini Lake Models along with, I think, I want to say we're running nine classes, I believe, this weekend. It's going to be a heck of a show. I hope we can get it in in time. We got, I know we got the uh, the Lakeview Stock 8s coming to race. That's going to be fun. hope they bring a bunch of cars and have a good feature along with uh, our other local classes as well. But uh, that that's that's going to be quite the uh, quite the sight to see. I hope everybody comes out to uh, to witness that in person at uh, at Sumter Speedway this weekend. Quite the sight there. Uh, but like I said earlier, Mintz dominated Sumter on Saturday, and how about he? Man, he came uh, he came about a uh, a nose hair away from winning uh, the the Robbie Weaver Memorial at uh, Gaffney on Monday night uh, with the the Blue Ridge Outlaws. They were up there doing their uh, traditional. 4th of July race um, on July 3rd for a good buddy of mine, Hunter Weaver, his dad, who had passed a few years ago. They're doing that race for him. And uh, Justin led the first, gosh, I want to say 19, 20 laps or so, and then uh, got into a heck of a battle with uh, Jay Sessoms, uh, a Sumter winner with the Blue Ridge Lake Models. And uh, Jay ended up beating Justin by, I want to say it was like .2. So it was really, really close. Justin was right there trying to get back by him. That top side was in at Gaffney, and they, man, they had a heck of a race up there, brother. Let me tell you that. they Blue Ridge, they're onto something this year. Now, they did, where you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You and I did talk about this. They did have quite the wreck on a restart. <laughs> they did have that one. They had a heck of a, a, a wreck oh, out of well, turn four. Where did the wreck happen? Out of turn four on the restart. Is it a pileup or just it's, like two or three cars? I think it was four cars, maybe. It wasn't quite a pileup, but it it was it was an accordion effect. It was from right. like tenth through fourteenth or so. Or no, well, it, I don't think it was tenth through fourteenth, but it was like it was in that area. Uh, it was mostly right. the cars yeah, on the yeah, outside. Somebody tried to go up top, and uh, they spun back down in front of the rest of the field um in turn four so i mean you might you might have a leg up on me in that conversation that we had a couple weeks ago i'll give you that one for now but well that's the thing is when you're at a stoplight and and the light turns green people are going to have different reaction times that's why you jam it you go other lame yeah so uh, that's gonna be the same thing the same thing's gonna happen in racing when you take the green flag People are going to have different reaction times. That's going to create gaps. People are going to shoot for those gaps when it's too soon, and it's just going. It causes too much chaos. I personally don't like it. Right. As well, y'all know, I like to beat the dead horse around here. Well, you're, I mean, you're start you're starting to sway me just a little bit, but I still I enjoyed it when they were at Sumter. I thought it I thought it worked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, y'all, they didn't have too much bad go on when they were at Sumter. So, I, I mean, if everybody know. can do it right and hold a, hold a line and their right. start position till they get at, at least out the corner or at least to the center of the corner, you know, then I think it would work. Right. Which, yeah, I, I do agree with you there. I 100% agree with you there. Um so yeah, I mean overall it was a successful event though. They had a lot of really good racing on a uh, Friday night at Gaffney. Um and then a lot of good race or a lot of good racing last Monday night, sorry. Last Monday night at Gaffney and then a lot of good racing on Friday night as well. I know um I think it was Friday the my buddy Walter Tapp series the uh, GM Performance 602s, they were up at Gaffney. I, I want to say it was Friday. Might have been Monday. It was one or the other, but anywho, um 
Little it was hoops. one of them days that yeah, it was. It was one of them. They raced twice in one week. It was one of them. <laughs> uh, Luke Cooper won that race, which uh, congrats yeah, to Luke. That. Um, that was that was pretty nice to see yeah, that young man. Good too. Yeah, that young man. He's he's on fire in those uh, those. I want to say it's Excel cards that they build, um, which are one of the the next up in my opinion. Which leads me to this that I've been thinking about the past couple of days, Matt. Where have the Barry Wright that? cars been? I have not seen a Barry Wright car this mm. year. I don't think. I know I haven't seen a new one. I don't even think well, I've seen an old one. Have you? Well, is Barry uh, still making cars? Honestly, I haven't. I don't keep up with Barry. Well, I, I haven't kept up with them in, in a while. I knew Zach Mitchell was Barry Wright, and then he flopped over to Longhorn. Yes. What was it last year? Yes. Uh, so, I mean, I don't Unless, know if they, if they've, if they're going away, they went quietly, I guess. That's I what mean, I'm I saying. I don't know if they're, let me look up, look they, them up on Facebook. They, 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 now, if they're running, they might just be, you know, a handful of guys left in Georgia or so. But like I said, I, I just, it's just weird to me that I haven't seen a Barry Wright car this year that I know about. Now there, there is, I want to say Travis Stoner might've been in a Barry Wright car, but that was an older Barry Wright car. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I just think about that the other day that, you know, some of these older chassis I'm not seeing like masters built where I'm not seeing many bad masters built cars this year either. Um, I know I've probably, I think I've seen one or two that have, um, that have come to something. I'm, I, I know Marlo might, is Marlo in a uh, masters builder? Is he in a longhorn now? Oh, I know Sean Harrell. He's in a longhorn. I think he's in a longhorn. I know Sean Harrell's in a capital car. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who would be in a master's built right now, to be honest with you. Uh, um, Barry Wright, uh, posted four hours ago, uh, Daniel Durham, uh, picked up his first career 602 late model win at White this past weekend. Oh, wow. Okay. In a Barry so they're, Wright. they're definitely um, still around then. Jameson McBride, who's a big 604 late model James? driver, runs Barry Wright. Um, I didn't know J-Matt was running a Barry Wright. Okay, so he's racing at Summer Nationals. Okay, so I mean, yeah, well, I mean, still we, we, I a... guess we just didn't look. <laughs> well, we, a we didn't look, but B, I was just going based on Le- you know Levi what I see this year. Run, was running at uh, yeah, Lerner, Levi Yoder, I yeah. guess Lernerville with Lucas Oil and them. That's so. a long way up there for a Bear Wright car to get too. That is uh, up there in Pennsylvania. Uh, is a long what, way for I'll Bear look Wright up the other one. What was the other one you said? Masters built. Yeah, Masters built. I haven't seen a whole lot of them either this year. I'm. I think I'm just tripping, guys. I really do. I think I'm just tripping, and, and I've well, seen I mean, them, but I can't remember them. But everything's getting getting down to being just Longhorn, you know pretty much Rocket. Longhorn Rocket. Which I mean, Swartz, you got you got a lot, big resurgence got, for Swartz cars, though. Big resurgence for Swartz right now. Right. Well, you got different chassis that do good in local areas, like right. you got Kryptonite does good up th- where up they're the at, Virginia, you know, in Ohio. Yeah, you're right. Right. So I mean, and, and you got you know Masters built, you know wherever they are, and CB, CBR like cars CBR, are doing good. Yeah. yeah. Pierce chassis. Um, well, oh, what is it? Black Diamonds now, I think, is. Um, someone got to win in at 411 in a Masters built this past weekend. Oh, sweet. 411 up there in uh, Corey Hedgecock territory. They were building, they were making rockets for a while, too, I believe. Um, Dude, Corey Hedgecock, his, his chassis has been doing pretty good, I think. What is it? What does he, what does he build? Is it was he building? I don't rockets? know what 
It's his chassis. It's he his chassis now. Okay. I don't, I don't know what it's called though. Okay. Can't think of it. There's a lot of there's a lot of young drivers. There's a lot of young drivers that are starting to build chassis now, which I think is really cool. Speaking of Matt, have you seen that the uh, the old Wicked Fab One finally made its debut about the a Vader, year later? I, Vader, I Vader, thought, I, I thought it disappeared. I thought I, I, I thought it was gone. <laughs> And then it came out of nowhere. I thought I thought that Vader was going. Yeah, exactly. I thought Vader was going away, but he went back and finished it up a couple of weeks ago, and uh, brought it out to Sumter and uh, won the Super Street portion by a good margin. Had some. Uh, he now will admit he did have some engine troubles in uh, the straight stock portion, but uh, he was running second at the time. I think Donnie Baysmore pretty much had him covered. An old uh, Johnny Rocket chassis, that Metric Mafia baby coming down, putting out. Uh, a win at Sumter a couple of weeks ago. Uh, good to see Donnie again. Hope they come back a few more times, especially for the Frankie Fry race here in a couple of weeks. Or yeah, it's just a couple of weeks away. Oh, wow. Corey Hedgecock's chassis are BMF chassis, and then you also got Benji BMF, okay. Hicks with the double nickel, a double nickel chassis. So, I mean, and I did yeah. see uh, Billy Hicks racing posted that uh, they had a new driver driving that uh, seventy nine car. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but it ain't Ross. So I'm not sure what Bales is doing uh, in the near future here, to be honest. I'm kind of hoping we see a return of the 87 car. I miss seeing that one at uh, at racetracks around the Carolinas. Uh, whenever Ross was in, a, I think it was a rocket car at the time. It was the number 87. And then, of course, he went and drove for Big Frog for a couple of years. Who um, I don't even know who's driving the Big Frog car anymore. Man, dirt racing has changed a lot in the past two or three years. It used to be. Used well, to you be, don't have long-term, exactly, long-term, long-term contracts like you do in uh, – well, I mean, you do have those well, contracts, but it's not as often. You right. know, I mean, you got your Davenports, you got your Overtons, uh, you got your O'Neills and your always Shepherds saw that and stuff like that. It wasn't always so, I mean, safe because Brandon Shepard, even Josh Richards, man, they were in those cars for yeah. five, ten years, and then all of a sudden they're gone. And, I mean, and it has been kind of weird for Bishop this year because, I mean, he's got some some uh, like more more local race wins or regional wins, but – just hasn't been able to, you know, eclipse that mountain again on in the uh, the national touring series, and it was kind of the same I, with Josh Richards after he left uh, Clint Boyer Racing. That goes to show you how strong that Rocket One team is. Dude, you ain't lying. My gosh, you ain't lying. And after Richards left Clint Boyer, I don't think anybody's driven that car since. You know, it which it, it was kind of weird, and it was kind of the same way since um since EPJ left um. I don't remember what the team was called, but back when he drove the one car for a while, I don't, was it? It wasn't Rocket. It wasn't Don Benson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. There, there was a lot of number ones like that, but um, yeah. It and it hadn't been the same for well, EPJ. Devin Devin Moran drove that car. I think he was one of the later drivers yeah. for that run. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Pierce was in it for a little while. Right. And now we obviously see those two Moran driving for uh, for Double Down. And let it be known, it was, they were both in Rockets yeah. when they drove for them. <laughs> right, they were. And um, I don't know, it, it, it still was kind of a culture shock for me to see um, an O'Neill on the track, but not in a uh, not in a 71. 71, yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, and you think about it, last time, let's see. Didn't Don O'Neill, whenever Don he had was that, number five. Yeah, Don was number five. That's what I was thinking Clint about. Moore, yeah, yeah. Don was number five whenever he had that uh that the best save on dirt back at what East Bay twenty fifteen. Oh my gosh! 
Um, dude, dude, that was that ridiculous. Thing, that was insane. Dude, that, that was the best save that I have ever seen in a dirt track. I'm going to... Well, hey, I've, seen, I've seen some front wheel drives do some things now. Motorsports. One of the top five motorsports saves hey, got to be. You can cook a front wheel drive. You can spin that sucker all the way, probably 270 degrees, but you can pull it back. As long as it don't go 360, Without, you can get it past it, yeah. 180. It'll come back to you if you turn yeah. that front wheel. But and, um, and we've seen people do it and then go through the grass and save it. Yeah. We uh, he didn't leave the racing surface. Not, not that I remember. Oh, no, he did not. He did not leave the racing surface at all, no. Uh, um, so, I mean, I, like I said, it's got to be top top 10 at the least. Yeah. Uh, best saves in motorsports history. Yeah, that was that was pretty uh, pretty insane. Across the board. Yes, uh, it I mean, was. It's, yeah, that was legendary. So, so getting into it here, almost to the nitty-gritty of this show, let's talk about a, uh, one or two more races that happened this past weekend, uh, mainly... Uh, Lancaster Motor Speedway, they had the Ultimates uh, in the house on uh, Saturday night. And one of our guys, Christian Thomas. Now, I will say, Matt, that I may have been wrong when we talked uh, a couple of weeks ago that he may have actually had a supermotor in the car when he came to something. But it, on, watching the race from the booth, it did look like he had a 525 because I will admit that his wheel spin was a lot less than Zach Mitchell's was. So I still kind of think that he had it in there, but I was talking with uh, somebody that he had talked to about coming to Sumter, um, and apparently he had told them that that he was bringing the supermotor. So I may be wrong about that. I will have to, uh, I do have to correct myself if I was wrong on that one. But um, anywho, Krista went to Lancaster along with I think fourteen other drivers, and they had a heck of a show. He qualified on pole. Of course, he had your Lancaster favorites, Ben Watkins, and. Um, and downtown Michael Brown there as well. Uh, but Christian led him to green. And I believe by the end of the 30, 40 laps, maybe, which I, that had to be a long race, man. 40 laps at Lancaster. My God. Oh, my had, gosh. Had to yeah. be a long what, race. What were the, what kind of lap times uh, were they turning, you reckon? I, I don't I don't know. I've never really looked at the Well, the problem with that, I would tell you, but well, it's on race there monitor. is no well, there is no live timing uh that was available from this race. I'm not sure exactly what happened. They might have had some some issues yeah, up there but, because um because Lancaster usually runs on race monitor and ultimates run on MRP. So they may have had the same problem that they had at Sumter. But um I will say that a, after all was said and done, Ben Watkins was able to get around Thomas, and Brown was able to get around Thomas. They finished one, two, three. Uh, but congratulations to Ben Watkins on another win up there at his home track. And I want to say he's the points leader for the Ultimates um, currently, maybe. I'm not 100% sure on that, but he should be up there if he's not. Um, yeah, Ben's had a heck of a year. Michael Brown, a guy that we haven't seen a whole lot of uh, the past year or two. I hope he really gets back into it. I know they did some out-of-town racing, um, and they're kind of back into it now. So I'm going to hope to see them at Sumter here in a couple of weeks. Um, getting right down to it, Matt, though. We're in that part of the season where, um, of course, I, your home track, Lakeview, they're taking the month off here. This is their midsummer break, right? I think. I, th I think so. I think so. I, I, I think. I think I, they're look, a man. I was on vacation all week. I, you know, media. I didn't. Look. Right. <laughs> yeah. Didn't touch. So I, I was completely disconnected. I hear. So they they take. I think they take July off. We take September off, um, just because you know kids get back to school. Blah blah blah. 
But um, so we're getting kind of down to that nitty gritty point of the season where, you know, points battles are getting tight. The local points at Sumter are super tight right now. Um, top to bottom, pretty much. I know a lot of these series that are coming to visit us, their points are getting real tight at the top. And of course the, the sharps, uh, coming this weekend, y'all get down to something to see that, um, should be a lot of fun with those guys. I still stand to it. What I've been saying for the past three years, I would love to start these little cars three wide. I believe that is the only class racing at Sumter ever that we would be able to pull off a three wide initial start. Um, I don't think it would work in any other class at all. Uh, let's just say that. But I believe that we could do it with these mini light models. I'm going to talk to them Saturday and see so. what they think. I, I, I think so. I really want to do it. I think it'd be we, we need to We need to see. If I don't we know. Turn, one, turn one's a little tight now. Turn one's a little tight. Turn yeah. one's a little tight. I will admit that. I don't know. Um, but I think that it could be, I think that it could be done. Um, so we'll see. I think, uh, I think that's all the race we need to cover. Of course, you didn't watch any. You was, you was out of town, uh, being a beach bum. So that was fun for you. Of course, I was stuck at work, working a lot of hours a day, a lot. That's another reason I haven't been able to record a podcast. We're doing this on the weekend here. Uh, so I actually had some time, but, um, yeah, guys, I really appreciate everybody for checking this uh, episode out. Uh, Matt, any final things to say before we wrap it up? I think we got it all covered. You think we got it all covered? Well, uh, the only other thing we need to get covered is you back in a race car and back to Summer Speedway because, uh, man, we we missing you around there. We're missing I'm, – I'm missing Mr. Ronnie most of all. I'm, I'm missing I'm missing old Big Papa. <laughs> the real Big Papa Pridge. I'm missing him uh, being around there, but – Guys, gals, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Dirt Podcast. Be sure uh, to like and subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. Uh, leave us a review. If, leave us a five-star review. Heck, leave us a four-star review. I don't even care. Just help us out on Apple Music or um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you're listening to this, Pandora, don't matter, whatever it is. Leave us a review. Leave us a like. Add this podcast to your playlist. Whatever you want to do with it, just help us grow in the algorithm. Get in there so that more Race fans like yourselves find the Talking Dirt podcast. But of course, for Master, Master, yes, Master Matt Pridgen. We'll call you Master, baby. <laughs> okay. For, for Master, Mr. Matt Pridgen, I have been Ryan Williams. This has been another episode of the Talking Dirt podcast. And hey, we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Very, very soon. <laughs>